0: Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland
1: and all around the world. Thank you for joining us today for our program, The Message You're About to Hear is About Truth. It was actually preached in February of 1985, so some of the statistics that are listed there may seem a bit dated, but boy, the principles and even the trends that were addressed way back then in '85. Yeah, I think you'll find to be applicable today. So, the value of truth.
2: In the 59th chapter of the book of Isaiah, we have something that happened to the nation of Israel, which is very often and very frequently mm-hmm. happening in its own personal, practical way to God's people. And it's simply this, that the truth of God falls in the street. Now Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, No man comes to the Father but by me. Now in John seventeen, seventeen he said, Sanctify them through my word. My word is truth. And in the Greek He goes into the principle of sanctify them in the mind, in their mental attitude, and set their mind apart with God's standard for thinking, and God's standard for speaking, and God's standard for responding. And so set and establish the mind where the word of God is truth. But there are many ways to begin to violate the essence of truth by not having the character of truth. A fellow said to me recently, we were at a funeral, and he said this statement. He said, somebody questioned a certain ministry, and I said, well, it can't be off because I am a member of it, he said. Do you, do you understand what to no. He said, if it was off, I wouldn't be a member of it. In other words, this particular man, being a member of that ministry, he considers makes that ministry a ministry of truth. Have you ever heard anyone say that? That's like a person living in self-congratulations. <laughs> I wouldn't be there if it wasn't living in truth. Well, boy, aren't you Mr. Know-It-All? You see, that man doesn't make a ministry. Live in truth. The ministry is either living in truth or not living in truth. As a matter of fact, a person can be wrong about something, but just because they're wrong about something, it doesn't mean they don't live in truth in other areas. And because they're wrong in something, you don't say that they don't have truth. They can still be right and somebody else wrong. Truth stands on the revelation of God in Jesus Christ through the scriptures, and truth is to be determined by its own substance and essence. Now, what makes truth fall down in the street in a practical way? And what are some of the indications that truth has fallen in the street? Well, the Word of God clearly teaches... That when truth is freely understood and functioning in the believer, that the mind is absolutely fixed upon truth. That the mind has had a fellowship with truth where they begin to totally uh, become unwavering in their attitude about truth. When people's attention and hearts are not fixed on truth, you will see these following things take place. Now, I want you to notice that number one, if truth clashes with personal desires, truth is sacrificed for personal interests. One of the greatest clashes of truth is when personal interests, and personal desires set aside truth, and therefore truth and its character cannot reveal the heart of God or the purpose of God in a given situation. Now, if a person could capitulate to truth, irrespective of its effect upon himself, I'll repeat that again, If a person could capitulate to truth, irrespective of its effect upon himself, then many problems in the church of Jesus Christ would be solved, and many personal difficulties would be totally taken care of. But when truth affects us, truth becomes awkward. I I want you to think of it. We must inherit the authority of truth and let it make its own impact. And let truth stand for itself. And we must occupy, occupy the place that truth occupies. Now, it is so easy to speak the truth out of the character of truth. What often happens when truth clashes with our personal interests... We compromise truth because of personal attachments. And the standard of God's divine word and the character of truth is forfeited because it doesn't harmonize with our particular needs or frame of reference. Now, probably one of the most needful things that God's people have is to come to the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit and to abandon personal interests when they clash with truth. The second thing that we've been mentioning this week, we want to say it briefly, is personal preferences make many people compromise with either the substance of truth objectively or the character of truth subjectively. Personal preferences relationships, long-term so-called friendships, make people take away from the fixed attitude of truth. Now, how often have young people been living in truth for the most part, and they get involved with a relationship, and they think they fall in love with someone, and in that relationship, the one that they think that they are in love with has lower standards. And so, they change their standard of truth to be accepted by the one with lower standards. You see, 5,000 teenagers committed suicide last year and 500,000 teenagers attempted to do it. And here is... We heard today in the staff meeting, here are the humanistic contributors to the educational programs of America. Now, in the House and Senate's trying to repudiate it, one man in the House is fighting it and leading an army against it. They're saying that teenagers should have the right to decide how they're going to take their life if they want to do it. Humanism, which is a curse to truth. I was reading an article in People's Magazine how that the average note that's left by a teenager when they decide they're going to commit suicide, and we mentioned this recently, one teenager said, I'm going to commit suicide because I was going with somebody and they broke up and they committed suicide. Another teenager (laughs) said, I'm going to commit suicide because I found out that my father was having an affair. Another teenager said, I'm going to commit suicide because I didn't make the team. All very selfish reasons. Trying to destroy their world because their world won't complement their whims, for the most part. Secondly, a lack of training in the word of God, perhaps to some degree, and a lack of investment of love in their lives with tender understanding also is included, perhaps, in some of the reasons. But, at any case, truth falls down in the street. Commitments to Jesus Christ, availability to the Word of God, commitments to a local body, when these things are forfeited, truth falls down in In the street. When a person refuses to take up their cross daily, for that individual, truth falls down in the street. Now, when our standards do not submit to the standards of God's Word, and our personalities do not submit to God's divine character, then truth falls down in the street. What we need to have is absolute conviction pertaining to things in relationship to truth. How do I stand in relationship to truth? How do I stand in relationship to truth pertaining to forgiveness? God says that he's forgiven all my sins and forgotten them. How do I relate to that in my mind? How do I stand in relationship to truth in my attitude toward forgiving others? And how do I relate to my position of truth to God's word? Now, I want you to follow with us carefully because we're going to spend just a few moments in exegeting this because I want you to see some very unique words. The 14th verse says, And judgment is turned away backward. Judgment here is... In the Hebrew, it's mispart, a masculine singular noun, and it means ordinance or statue. It's used here in terms of God's justice or just decisions between men and between God. And so judgment is turned away backward. There can never be any proper justice or any real understanding of true judgment if truth is fallen. There'll never be any reconciliation from the mind of God in a marriage if any part of truth is forfeited in relationship to marriage. There'll never be any stability or spiritual mobility. There'll never be any advance in grace and growing in the person of Jesus Christ if a misunderstanding of grace and love and the finished work is put aside and the individual isn't growing in the truth about Christ through grace. A person will never come out of a poor self-image. They'll never come out of their moods, their negative moods, and their reactionary mental attitudes. Grace must be realized. Truth must be experienced. Love must be the motivator. Humility must be the result. Positive decisions must be a prevalent habit, and there will never be any real deep conviction of victory and power when areas of truth pertaining to grace is forfeited. Now, he says here that justice standeth afar off. Now, justice is the masculine singular noun, and it means righteousness Our integrity and it stands afar off, and it means the word stand, it's taken a place way away from where it should be. It's a cow present, it's amad in the Hebrew, and it means it's taken a place far from where it should be. In other words, righteousness, integrity, and God's justice isn't entering into a situation. Now, many executives, many pastors, many parents and many fathers and husbands have tried to take the word of God in teachers and sometimes conservative <laughs> political leaders, and they have tried to take the word of God and, and bring justice into a situation, righteousness, integrity on the scales of God's balances, only they couldn't do it. And the reason was is some part of truth fell down in the street because of personal preference, because truth became awkward to some people's circumstances, and because the character of truth perhaps was forfeited even if the letter of the truth was kept. Well, the Bible says that equity cannot be Enter. Truth stood afar away and equity could not enter. Here it means that the prophet of integrity could not enter. The prophet from God's integrity and the prophet from what truth is could not enter into the situation. Truth, faithfulness, fidelity is fallen, firmness, and it's fallen in the, in the street, cow present, It stumbled through people's weakness, uh, a want of strength, and it fell down. And there's no justice in decisions, and their courts were unprincipled and corrupt, and the street here stands for open places. Now, what happens when truth falls in the street pertaining to businessmen? what happens when a businessman lets truth fall in the street? Well, people do not receive the equities of God's integrity, the results of a Christian walking in the light, and they do not have revealed the character of God, which is far more important than being successful in business. If you've got to be successful in business and have to forfeit divine integrity the truth about God's character in dealing with business relationships and business deals then something seriously is forfeited and I believe that a Christian businessman will be held accountable at the beamer seat of Christ thank God for the ones that are truthful and honest and faithful that bring glory to God's kingdom and that create a capacity for people to want to know God because of the way a person handles and conducts himself in business. The reason that perhaps the angelic conflict has the observations that they do have is so often truth falls in the street in marriages. You see, truth with its substance and objectivity and character must be raised up. And I want to show you in a few minutes how we pick truth up. How we correct the areas that it's fallen down in the street with. When truth falls down in the street in a marital relationship, you don't have the equity of love. You don't have the justice of the finished work. You don't have the redemptive spirit of a laid down life and you don't have the integrity of God's provision, and you see something consistently happening, that love remains dominant. Grace remains confined. Bondage continues to creep in between the couple. The family suffers the lack of being able to, to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. All because the parents let truth fall in the street and they blockaded the street and here's love wanting to construe the street and correct the matter but it can't do it here's grace wanting to reign through God's righteousness in the hearts of the individuals but can't do it and here's God's mercy wanting to rejoice against judgment and it can't do it and here's the integrity of repentance that is waiting to produce the fruit of the spirit but it cannot prevail why is that? Because truth has fallen in the street. And a street is blocked up with truth that's fallen. Do you know how many lives let truth fall down in their souls and their minds? And you know this happens over and over again. Let's take friendships, for example. Now, we read tonight in Proverbs, the 17th chapter, and the 17th verse some unique things that the Word of God says about friendships. First of all, it says that a true friend covereth a transgression. The word covereth is kasar P-L participle, and it denotes intensity, to cover for secrecy, to pass by and bury in oblivion. So a true friend doesn't compromise with sin, He's honest with the person and bears their burdens. And I think this is a tremendous day when believers, instead of criticizing, instead of gossiping, instead of maligning, instead of presuming, should bear one another's burdens. And thus fulfill the law of royal love in Galatians 6.2. Listen, people don't need your criticisms. They need you to bear their burdens. If they're off, bear their burdens. and Go to them in meekness. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. And if that doesn't work, pray for them. Because friendship, one of the meanings is if you you can't succeed in any other way, you pray for them. That's a part of bearing their burdens.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.gracianpublic.com.
1: In John 8, starting in verse 31 Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him If you continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free Great words spoken then to Israelites as he was traveling in Israel but we hear them today and they echo and they have great value to us, don't they? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hmm. Truth has such great value. It's our freedom, really. It's so easy for us to fall into the different bondages of the world. Our soul cleaves to the dust. There are so many pitfalls intellectually, emotionally, that surround us today that those pitfalls would, in a sense, put us into bondage Of incorrect thinking, incorrect thinking about ourselves, incorrect thinking about each other, about the world, about God, about our future, about our past. Matthew 13, the Lord, uh, he's going through these great comparisons, starting in verse 44. And the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, and which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he has found the one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Hmm. We see there what, what value it is when we discover God's kingdom. And it's really through scriptural truth, it's through heavenly perspective imparted to us that we engage this kingdom that we participate in the kingdom that we abide in the kingdom Uh, the moment we receive Christ as our Savior we are translated out of one kingdom and into this kingdom into this holy blessed kingdom of God that's eternal but in, in order to participate on a regular basis our thinking needs to line up with God's thinking when it does it's a wonderful It's a wonderful thing. Because then, when we think with God, then we find that our steps are ordered by the Lord. And we move in a momentum, a spiritual momentum, of what we say and what we do. And we see the kingdom of God in the reality of our day-to-day life. And things make sense. In John 4.24 it says, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so it's through having my mind renewed and abiding in truth then that's where real worship springs forth how can I really worship someone I don't know or don't understand at that moment how can I have a real relationship even in our earthly relationships when someone we're close to but we're just not on the same page (laughs) in an issue in in a situation in a there's a misunderstanding of some kind. We're trying to walk together. We're trying to walk in agreement. But because one party doesn't have all the information or either party doesn't, we can't connect. It's, it's when there's that connection, how can two walk together unless they agree? When we're in agreement with God, we can, we can worship God. <laughs> and when we can worship God, we find great joy and in that manifestation of that life, it's awesome. Proverbs 23:23. 23, 23, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's great wisdom, isn't it? It's, it's an awesome understanding. When you when you've come across that which is real, don't sell out to the convenient don't live in a conscience of convenience where instead of doing what's right instead of walking with god we walk with what's convenient for us at the moment and many things will spring up that are subtle compromises aren't they to to what we know to be true that God has revealed to us in the scriptures and in our lives, and and they've been imparted to us. And they will be challenged. They will be challenged at intervals in our life for the rest of our life. Whether we will walk in integrity with God and live a life that's pleasing to him, or whether we will walk and live in a life that's just pleasing to us, with expediency as our underlying motive. If we do that, we will be greatly disappointed with the results. Though the short-term results may seem to meet our needs, the long-term results of walking with God are immeasurable. They are, they are eternal. When I make decisions and you make decisions that, align, that, that they are aligned with the revealed will of God, then we see the glory of God manifested in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. And that cannot be measured. So I say it again. I say it to myself. I say it to you. Buy the truth and sell it not. What is the value of the instruction that comes from the scriptures? What is that value? Can we place, can we even estimate what that is? is it? Can we place a value on that?
0: We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is com.
1: So, friend, by the truth, by the truth of the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of God rests in the person of Jesus Christ. It's in receiving Him as our Savior that we are first introduced to this kingdom. It's a kingdom A sovereign kingdom of goodness, of justice, of mercy, of truth. This glorious kingdom, power and majesty that will stretch out beyond our natural lives into the future, into eternity. Of living and growing and having fellowship and communion with the one true God. That's presented before you today today. It's that pearl of great price, which to the merchant, when he saw it, he knew what it was. Do you know what it is as a human being today to be presented with the gospel? That God loves you. That he gave his life for you. The Son of God went to a cross 2,000 years ago that you might be saved. He took your bullet and said, believe in me. Believe in my death, burial, and resurrection. And I will trade out, and I will give you beauty for your ashes. Do you want that today? Let's pray a prayer together. Lord, come into my life. Save me. I believe in what you've done on my behalf. I don't understand very much of it right now, yet. Today, something touched my heart, and I want to understand. I want to know you. I want you to come into my life and make me clean and whole. And I ask you to do it today, Lord. Amen.